drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on everybody? It is Wednesday here on the show. You know this is Detroit Kool-Aid cast, I'm your host Derek Oakry, and I've got Logan Lamarandier, Sports Illustrated, all Lions coming in here on a Wednesday right before Christmas to talk some football, talk about a Lions W, and get into all types of other things here on the show. Logan, how you doing this week? Doing great, it's a great week to be a Lions fan. Man, it's perfect to have you on. I uh, We always love talking about a W. We might get into that to the back half of the show about W's versus draft picks. But before that, I mean, I just want to get right into it. I mean, let's talk about it, man. From the first whistle to the final horn, the Lions played great football against a great team with a not-so-great roster <laughs> on their side of things and just absolutely beat down the Arizona Cardinals. You had to love everything about this game, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I will say the first offensive snap for the Lions when it ended up in a sack, I was like, oh, <laughs> here <laughs> Come we go. On. But, Don't uh, start it with that. Panned out after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything panned out. And I mean, it really never even got close. I kept waiting for some sort of collapse or, you know, even the turnovers. Once the turnovers happened, I was thinking, all right, well, this is the time the Cardinals are going to get back in it. And it just never happened. The Lions really dominated the game the entire time. It was just kind of odd to see. Haven't haven't seen a performance like that in a long time. And given the roster, uh, even at the beginning of the season, the Lions were working with, and then you add in all the injuries and the COVID situation, I, I just, I was giving the Lions no chance. And it was, it's kind of funny. Like, I usually do like a parlay um, where I just bet like, four or five underdogs, you know, and, um, if they all win, which it rarely ever does, <laughs> it just is like, it's big money. And I didn't even <laughs> include the lions in my underdog parlay <laughs> because I was like, Oh, this will never happen. I, the lions aren't going to beat the Cardinals. And sure enough, it's, it's the NFL. It's, you know, any given Sunday, they say that for a reason. And that's what happened. It was amazing, man. They got up 17 zip. I mean, I love that little play they ran where they snuck St. Brown sort of across the formation in the field and snuck him upfield and uh, Goff threw one of his wobbly ducks uh, up over the top of the defense, which was a miracle more than two yards down football field to get a touchdown there. Uh, you know, he ripped one up over the top again, wobbly as could be to Josh Reynolds. 
Um, he can't throw spirals, but hell, if Jared Goff can play like this, I love seeing it. I mean, and, and you know all the SOL fans out there were just waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, oh, you know, second half they'll collapse. Or, man, they can't keep this going. And they literally just kept it going. Like, up 17, then 24-3. You know, in the fourth quarter, it's 27-6. And it never got close. 30-12 to for the Lions. And let's look at some of these numbers, man. Craig, Craig Reynolds, 26 carries, a buck 12 for Netflix, the guy that just got off his couch, put him in a couple games. I mean, you got to drink that in. Drink it in, man. What'd you think of Craig? I mean, I think this guy's got a good build. He, he runs hard. He breaks tackles. I like a lot of things I see from him. Yeah, Craig Reynolds is... I mean, he was doing it all preseason too. And that's the crazy part. You, you know, there's a lot of preseason all-stars. And then once they start playing against the first teamers and legit defenses, it's like they have issues, but Craig Reynolds was breaking tackles and having huge numbers for yard after the carry in the preseason. And in two games, he's been called up. He's continued to do that. And he's not going to be like the most athletic guy. He's not going to be the guy who's, if he gets in the open field, he's going to, take at the distance because he's not overly fast, but just the amount of yards that he gets after contact and the, the tackles he can break and just the spin moves, he's just really impressive. And yeah, the Lions offensive line is playing well. And uh, there's a lot of running backs, you know, you've seen Swift and Williams get uh, plenty of yards on the ground, but it's what these running backs can do by themselves. And you see that with Reynolds, even when uh, he, there's no hole. Sometimes he's able to make something out of it. And I've been so impressed with him and it is still a small sample size after only two weeks against starting caliber players on defense. But he, he just, I want to keep feeding the rock and kind of see what happens, especially to see what you have in him next year. Because if, if he can keep this up and this is the type of player is he's a, he's a legit guy who should be in the rotation uh, for running back. So I, I can't say enough about what he's done so far. I've just been super impressed. You got to love what Craig has been given the Detroit Lions. I mean, the other Reynolds has been really incredible as well. Everybody was calling for Josh Reynolds in free agency. They let him pass by. He comes back around. Guy is silky smooth. Jay Smooth, I call him. I mean, I'm just giving nicknames out left and right. He's silky smooth on the field making plays. But Logan, if I'm going to ask you about players... I got to ask you about one guy, and that's Amon Ra St. Brown. I believe it was on this show months ago around draft time where you hemmed and hawed about St. Brown. After the Lions took St. Brown, you told me he wasn't very athletic. You didn't really impress by him. Not really sure what his upside was. He wasn't an athlete. Not a good enough specimen for you. I told you this might be a heck of a fourth-round pick. This kid is coming on big. Eight catches, 90 yards, another tug. And he's just uh, putting putting up numbers here and looking like a really confident young player that Jared Goff today compared to a rookie Cooper Cup um, and said he's got the uh, mentality. He's a stud. He's got everything you look for. What do you got to say for yourself, Logan Lamarandier? <laughs> of course, you're going to paint me in that light. I just <laughs> remember when we did that show and I said Amon Ross St. Brown was drafted exactly where he was supposed to be drafted. I but think he was, he was like, like my one- 116th player and he was drafted like 111th overall. I said he was going to probably put up stats because the Lions are going to need him. And he has. He's been actually very good um, the past few weeks. He's really come on. 
uh, just very reliable um, catching the ball, which is really nice. He can get open. He's tough, tough to bring down. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been good to see from him because he started off slow and that had me a little worried, but just that role that they have him playing now where he's lining up all over the field and just getting the ball in his hands. So, you know, it's, he's just been very reliable, which has been good to see, but um, I know you were going to try to make me into an Amonra St. Brown hater. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I, I guess you could call a little bit of hate, but um, lately, yes, he's been exceeding my expectations of late, but uh, you know, I hope he continues. And I think it should, because it looks like they have, they've created a role for him in this offense. So what you're trying to spin and tell the people is you've been drinking that St. Brown Kool-Aid all along. Is that it? <laughs> no, I probably haven't been drinking the Kool-Aid all, all along, but is this a guy you're going to want to be a wide receiver one? I, that's, that was my, you know, whenever a player's drafted, they all, there's always fans that are like, this guy's going to be, you know, the next, he can be a starter. I'm like, Oh yeah, he can be a starter, but I don't know if you're the Lions still need another receiver opposite of him and Josh Reynolds as you mentioned him is also come along. It's, it's kind of been weird that Jared Goff is uh, in actually Dan, Dan Campbell, even calling plays just with their entire offense has looked a lot more smooth and more like a normal offense. They're still a little run heavy, but they're not um, they're more well balanced and taking some beach outs downfield. And I think a lot of it's to do, you have to give credit to, to Reynolds and St. Brown and even Goff. So they've, they've looked good. All three of them. Now, real quick, before we keep this show moving, do you have a theory, a hypothesis on why Jared Goff cannot throw a spiral? I mean, I've been quoted on this show the last few weeks of saying he can't throw. (laughs) I've said that multiple times. And like, even when he's playing well, I mean, the ball looks awful out of his hand. I mean, it's I I don't understand it. It's like I almost can't root for him until he can throw spirals and throw good passes more than like six yards downfield. It's always wobbling. It's always disgusting, but it, it gets there sometimes. Do you have a theory on this? Small hands. <laughs> he does have small hands, and that's why he has the, the turnover issues. That's why the NFL cares about hand size for a quarterback, especially gripping the ball. But uh, it's pretty typical that, you know, the larger, the bigger your hands are, the better rotation you get on the ball. But as long as it gets to where it needs to be, um, I, I don't complain about it all that much. And, you know, a lot of times when you have a, a tighter spiral, you can be a little bit more pinpoint, uh, pinpoint a little bit better and just it goes more where you want to go. The wind doesn't catch it if you're playing in wind as much with a spiral. But I, I don't know how he can't throw a spiral. It's kind of odd to me as well. But as long as it gets to where it needs to be, I'll, I'll let it slide. Jared Goff's chance of throwing a, a great looking pass. No Um, all right, so let's – we talked about some Lions players. I just want to turn the clock back. Last week I did a tremendous – I've been known for this here on the show, a Kyler Murray rant where I just ran down how much I can't stand this guy, why he's such a um, – you know, he just has his nose up in the air when things don't go his way. He has that dumb look on his face. I mean, I use the same drop for him that I do for the smug number 12 in Green Bay. You pompous. Stuck up, snot nose, giant twerp, scumbag. 
<laughs> that's Kyler Murray in a nutshell. And I loved just seeing him get beat down from front to center. He didn't know what to do. He had no answers. I don't want to hear about how great he is at running. He didn't run anywhere on the lines. I don't want to hear about this rocket arm he has. He didn't throw any good passes. My thing is he tries to throw sweet passes. They're usually way over people's head, in the dirt, off target. I'm, I'm not sold on this guy at all. There's no way I'd want him as my franchise quarterback. He's pompous. He's arrogant. He thinks he's the best thing going. And on Sunday, when the Lions took it to him, I mean, he he looked marginal at best. I, I loved it. What about you? <laughs> it's kind of odd. You know, obviously, I watch all the Lions-Cardinals games, and he's never really played all that great against the Lions. And even against this Lions secondary that they brought out last week with Will Harris as a starting corner, he still only had a 73 quarterback rating. And it's just kind of odd because I, I've watched other games where he's played well, but I feel like there's been plenty of times I've watched Kyler Murray. It just hasn't been super impressive. Now what he can do on the ground, he's fast. And the Lions did a great job of keeping him contained. But um, yeah, I'm not quite sold on him yet either. I, I still think he's a good quarterback. There's, there's, you know, there's a reason he was in the MVP race. He maybe he isn't after her. Uh, what happened with the Lions, but uh, it's just maybe it's probably just more of a weird coincidence that I feel like whenever I see him, he just doesn't have a great game. I'm like, what's all this talk about? And then I go, I see some stat lines from other games. I'm like, oh, he tore it up that game, but it is weird. Yeah, my my whole thing is just not franchise, you know, centerpiece quality in regards to his mentality, how he carries himself. Like, I I definitely hope the Lions, the next big name QB they get, is just somebody like this whole city can be proud of and can believe in and not somebody that's just fast or just somebody that can throw it, you know, 70 yards. You really do got to have that certain sense about you where everybody can rally behind. I wouldn't be rallying behind Kyler Murray for nothing. So, um, anyway, let's get back to the Lions like Charles Harris man I think we got a great find in this guy he's all over the field all hustle making plays I mean a former first round pick way off the radar almost out of the league and now he seems like hopefully Lions keep this guy around because I mean he's balling out week after week love what I'm seeing from this guy yeah I mean he's getting a pretty good opportunity too and typically I'm not downplaying all too much. He has played well, but you know, he's been given a ton of opportunity to get to the quarterback and he's been taking full advantage of, of his opportunity, which is good. And I, I'm not going to say we should skip over drafting a defensive end uh, really high in the first round because Aquara and Harris are there. I, I still think, I think he can be a nice, you know, reserve type of player, but he's, he's playing well too. It's, it's just tough. I feel like a lot of guys we're talking about right now, it's like, especially given the week they're coming off of, um, try not to get too ahead of ourselves with, you know, this can be a foundational piece, but there's definitely some players that are proving that they belong in the NFL and a guy like Charles Harris, you're really happy for just because he had four years in the league with six and a half sacks. And then this year he's already up to seven and a half and he's just, you know, maybe it takes a little bit more time to develop for some players, but I, I don't know. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Lions do with him in the off uh, off season and kind of if they try to bring him back or what they exactly want to do with him because he definitely has proven his worth this year that he can at least be valuable um, getting to the passer in certain spots. Well, the big thing there is I really don't 
think, you know, I know you don't think Charles Harris is like a foundational piece, but I think the approach the Lions took is sort of, you know, let's go in with this kind of low-level roster. Let's find the the diamonds in the rough. That'll be kind of the middle or the bottom third when we really start putting a better team out there overall. And they're really finding out who those guys are, whether it be Harris, Jury Jacobs, who's now hurt. That's my guy. Um, yeah, it's spelled J-U-U-U-R-R-R-Y-Y. Jury. Um, and they, they're finding, like, other corners, A.J. Parker. Like, I feel like these guys, what they're doing is, and Craig, you know, they're solidifying themselves to be on this roster. But, yeah, no one's penciling Charles in as a starter. But can you imagine if they do get that big defensive end? like you mentioned and then this guy's going down a peg or two you know being the fourth rusher you know on on a more dominant line I think that's really what they're looking for is to not only build that depth but find these hustle guys at lower contracts that are younger that also can make plays and then if you fill it in with premier elite guys in front of them that can only help your football team both now in the future and just roster building you know I think it's kind of a smart tactical approach especially in year one of this whole region tool rebuild that they're doing i think it's kind of a sneaky move by brad holmes and company to to walk out of the season with five six guys who are like man never would have thought of that guy but he's on the team and you know he can help us when needed type of thing exactly and that's what this year really was about and with all these young players starting to get time it's just good to see what they have and uh if they deserve to be back next year and i think harris is one of those guys that deserves uh another shot and yeah, there's, there's plenty of those players on the roster right now that uh, given an opportunity, they, they show that they can play in the NFL and those are maybe starters next year, but at the same time, if at the very least they should be solid depth players and the lions need depth, they need plenty of starters. They need all the help they can get. So finding these diamonds in the roughs and these, these cast offs from other teams, uh, that's what they really need to do this year. And there, there's definitely a few of them on the team that, I've really taken full advantage of their playing time that they've seen with the Lions. There's no doubt about it. Let's end this first segment with this. I mean, my buddy at Chops in the D on Twitter comes on here, and this guy, I mean, man, does he love him some Jared Goff. He's been rooting for him. He said he was going to be good from day one. It took me about four or five weeks, and I was like, this guy can't throw. He can't play. I'm done with this guy. But Chops is hung in there with him. And, and here's the thing. I felt like Jared Goff played with a ton of confidence in this game. Dare I say swagger all day long. You go back and watch the tape. Like When he's running his play actions, he had some snap to him. Man, He was like faking that ball, getting his head turned around, and throwing with purpose. I, I absolutely love to see it. Again, the, the throws were wobbly. They were not spirals. They looked kind of like a five-year-old throwing to his dad out in the front lot. But they got the job done and he was even taking late smacks from the Cardinals and getting back up he got hurt he came back in he got like a cheer from the crowd Jared Goff man 21 out of 26 216 and three tugs I mean a hell of a performance by Goff I mean on the show here on the Kool-Aid cast it deserves a Frank Ribble quad wow 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 Wow! <laughs> that that was my reaction. I think when Jared Goff came out the woodwork, not only this game but the last few games, and has played good football. I mean, what's your take on it? Yeah, he's definitely improved, and I think the offense I kind of mentioned earlier is just Dan Campbell when he first took over play calling duties seemed like a very bland 
run heavy offense that was not aggressive at all. Wasn't taking any shots. And it's just been different the last couple of weeks where it, it looks just so much like night and day difference and just the route concepts and uh, the players actually getting open, which has been great for golf. Cause that's always been his biggest strength is if there's a guy open, he'll hit him, and he's pretty consistent and accurate. And even at the beginning of the year, you saw his accuracy just not looking great, but he had a couple real nice throws last week and it did. There was, there was seemed to be like some sort of swagger about him and maybe it's because he was winning. He was pumped up and uh, he does have quite a bit of um, he's been pretty good against the Cardinals in his career too. So maybe he felt more comfortable. He's like, Hey, I got these guys, but it was, it's really tough to explain. He's been up and down this year. And I, I think we're still at the point where, you know, he's a replaceable quarterback, but uh, he looks a lot more serviceable than he has, um, you know, towards that middle stretch of the season where it was getting ugly. Now, real quick correction on the show. You said a couple nice throws. I mean, they obviously weren't nice throws. I mean, good completions would probably be a better way to put it. Would you Would you agree? <laughs> good completions, tight window throws. <laughs> okay. And w- has your opinion changed on golf? Do you think like if they load up with talent, get a free agent class, have a killer draft, that this guy can put together a nice season next next year based on he's already under contract? Or are you still the first guy that looks good that the Lions like at QB? You got to go kind of move this guy out of town. Well, I still don't think that the Lions should draft a quarterback this year just because Here at least go. not high. Um, <laughs> but I Goff to me is still – you can find someone better than him eventually. And yeah, you put enough talent around him. A lot of quarterbacks will look good. And you saw what golf could do back in 2018. Yeah. He can look good if there's enough talent around him. It's just tough to get that much talent around him. So I, my, we've seen enough of golf in his career to know kind of what he is. And it's, it's tough just to change my mind after a couple of good weeks. Um, But if he continues the rest of the season like this, yeah, maybe, Maybe my mind changes a little bit, but for the most part, I'm still, I need to see a lot more of really good games from Jared Goff for me to change my opinion. That's, you know, been built over the last four or five years with him. Yeah. At Chops in the D, man, I'm I'm calling out to you, man. I actually am a little intrigued if they actually hit everything else right and roll this guy back out there. If someone can teach him how to throw, um, because that's a prerequisite for a quarterback, being able to do that, it's kind of first on the resume. you got to be able to throw the football. Um, I feel like it could be uh, much better than what we saw in those early games. And, you know, who knows who be calling plays, but they do seem to be getting in a bit of a groove, and the, the added talent, I think, really has helped them. So, Logan just a heck of a win by the lions really quality from top to bottom again really appreciate you coming on the show on friday we're gonna have a bit more fun and do a little bit of a christmas show so maybe some gimmicks some some music some different uh segments there but we just want to talk ball here but before we take our break i just want to give you an opportunity to tell people where they can find some of the things you're up to nowadays with sports illustrated all lions and all the other stuff you're up to oh yeah it's the usual spots so um Sports Illustrated All Lions, just Google it. Um, my Twitter handle is at L Lamarandier. Um, same thing with Instagram, where I just kind of post stats and stuff like that. Not too active on there, but Twitter is a spot to be. Detroit Lions Lowdown on Facebook. Get all your news and updates there from SI and 
that's a good spot too. So whatever social media platform you like or prefer, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. There you go. So everybody, let's close up this first segment. Great win by the Lions. Fun to talk about. Let's come back in the second segment and it's going to talk about something that you guys are either going to really love or really hate because that's should the Lions be winning or should be trying to protect that draft pick? (laughs) I know you haven't heard that one before, but me and Logan, we got some strong opinions. We'll tackle that and have some fun with it right after the commercial break. Everybody, we'll be right back. All right, everybody, this goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, back from the break. Thanks so much for the sponsors. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions. Logan's real fun to talk football with. I really appreciate him coming on the show. Always a good time. And Logan, we got to do it. We got to do it for the people. When the Lions are out of it, when any team is out of it, should they win? Should they protect the draft pick? You know, I've been quoted on the show of saying it's not smart to keep winning, but it, it it was fun to beat down the pompous Kyler Murray and company and just see a dominant victory. Like, let me start it with this. These people that say winning is fun, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of that argument. Like, it just feels like, you know... Like the wins don't really matter. So when you say, oh, it was a fun, I I enjoyed it, like that's like not enough for me. But I come back to uh, yes, it was fun watching them beat them down, but the satisfying part to me, or the reason I'm fine with this W is because there's no top level quarterback at the top of the draft that you have to have. There's also like two, three, four players that are all pretty similar. So, you know, you can drop a spot or two and feel good about it. But I just feel like fun's not enough. You have to like say they needed this for the rebuild, for Dan Campbell, for the team. For like there was lots of reasons why I think this one mattered. And it wasn't against like, you know, a struggling Chicago team or or the Jaguars, right, where they got a couple wins under the last regime and those didn't matter. This was a really quality win in my opinion, but that whole like, oh, it's always fun or I'm always happy when they win, that doesn't fly with me when there's really nothing on the line, you're beating cupcakes, and it's killing you on the draft board. What do you think? (laughs) I've kind of been team tank this year, and not that I'm (laughs) like actively rooting for losses. Uh, It's just more so knowing that the future, you have better 
it's just nicer to be able to draft the exact player you want if you have the number one overall pick. But we see it every single year. It's There's always a good player available when you're picking, especially in the top five. There's going to be a really, really good player available. You just have to make the right pick. And so even with the Lions, you mentioned how, you know, it would be nice if there was some elite quarterback coming out that was a surefire, you know, number one overall pick. And yeah, that'd be great. And it might hurt the Lions, but there really isn't that this year. Uh, The top two players right now are edge defenders and uh, the Lions could use that. So it's in a weird way, um, you know, I really to get this win against the Cardinals, a really good team. I think it's such a confidence builder. It gives credibility maybe to Dan Campbell a little bit that he does know what he's doing. Um, and it, all these young players, like they, they kind of need wins like this. Uh, but at the same time, it's just, there's pros and cons to each side, but I just know there's always going to be a good player available. You just have to make the right pick when you're on the clock. And I think the Lions did that last year, even though they went down to, pick seven there they were still got a really good player and no matter where they pick this year there's going to be a good player on the board you just make sure to take the right one and keep building that way I, I think the only way it ever really hurts is if you're like a quarterback away or something and that quarterback would be available if uh you know you hadn't won so many games but I it's one of those things I I don't get too upset about it it happens and that's just kind of where they're at. The Lions shouldn't actively be trying to lose games. I, I agree with you, but first of all, like, of course Dan Campbell knows what he's doing. Of course he has a plan. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. <laughs> and when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. One of my favorite tweets this week was just Kyler Murray uh, standing there with two smiling Dan Campbell faces on both kneecaps. That 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 made my day. Um, a horrible Photoshop job, but funny nonetheless. Uh, I mean, I agree. Like they're not going to lose on purpose. Your team tank. So I want to come back to you quickly and say, okay, team tank. Like as you're watching it unfold. I mean. Are you enjoying it? Or are you sitting back there frustrated because it's not your grandiose plan of three years and then plug your quarterback in and away we go type of thing? In the moment, it's very enjoyable. <laughs> that's that's the, the struggle because it's just yeah. great at the time. But in the back of your mind, you're like, well, what's going to happen to this draft pick right now? And right. then, you know, once the draft comes along, maybe you if someone goes the pick ahead of you, you're like, why did we have to win that game? You know, last year, like that was meaningless, but it just felt different beating the Cardinals, you know, tied for the best yeah. record in the NFL, the lions worst record in the NFL and the lions made it happen. They, they won, they pulled a huge upset and that just rarely seems to happen with the lions. I, you, you see so many other underdogs always winning games in the NFL and it seems like it never happens to the lions. So I, I enjoyed it, and actually, it'll be the highlight of the season, you know, and <laughs> I hope that I remember, you know, this feeling that I had, you know, once oh, the draft yeah. season comes around, and <laughs> I feel like I say it every year around draft season, I was so happy for a win during the season, and it's like, once the draft comes, you just kind of got to remember, <sighs> you're trading happiness now for down the line sometimes. <laughs> 
Logan, this feeling is going to become more regular, my friend, here once we get this team together more. But you can't play that because you could also go, oh, well, what if this? What if that? What if these players stay healthy? That's that whole game uh, that people play after the fact. Like you said, in the moment, you take it for what it is. Now, there's a couple other points I have kind of on the different takes. Now, some of the people on Twitter that are coming at people saying, how dare someone say, you know, worried about draft picks. We got to, you know, always win. Like that's the other extremist, which doesn't make any sense because that's using no brain power on like, okay, you want to beat, you want to, let's say they lost all these other games and then you want to go beat up the, uh, you know, Packer team at the end of the year and cost yourself. Like, no, this was different as you said. So yes, it does matter. The draft pick does matter whether you're first fifth yes you're gonna get a stud player regardless but there are you know little spots or ticks down that matter so let's not be all one way all the other also a lot of people will say like you you know oh this might you know win a few games i'll carry over to next year I don't know that I buy that argument either because you're going to turn over 40-50% of your roster. You know, it's a long off season. You got a whole new team of guys, whole new group of players. So, I don't know that because you won a few games at the end of the year, you're going to just tear it up next year, but I I do think there is something to be said with building that winning feeling, that culture that, you know, like you said, kind of motivating these players to say like, "Hey, look at look what we can do if if we really believe in our coaches, the plan they put together and go out there and get after people um i i do think that's pretty valid it's yeah i mean it's tough to quantify how much of this success in one week you know will carry over to the next season because yeah there's going to be a lot of new players uh that's why i just think it was a good look for dan campbell and he kind of needed something like this it's a signature win for him in a, in a down season in a rebuilding yeah. year he's able to knock off one of the top teams in the league with when no one was giving them a chance, like that's just, I, again, it's tough to quantify just how much of a confidence boost this is. And if it carries over to the next season or not, you know how I am, but I I like stats and hard data. And (laughs) when you can't quantify something like confidence, I'm skeptical about it. (laughs) Yeah. So here's what I'd say too. So they tied Pittsburgh and that was like, you know, that was the old, oh, I can't believe we didn't win. Or a lot of people, oh, you know, you knew the Lions would find a way to tie, right? They'll, they won't win any games. They'll tie. Well, then they came back and they beat a ho-hum kind of Vikings team at the buzzer, which was super fun. We've been used to seeing those. And, and people were like, ah, oh, they got their one lucky win at the end, you know, and a tie. Okay, they won't, you know, have that O in the win column. Oh, they won't go O into all this stuff. To me, this put all that to bed because even if they wouldn't have won the rest of the way, you could have said, well, man, if he doesn't make that throw at the buzzer, they don't win. Hey, if this happens, like they don't get that tie. I mean, this was just such a strong W that I think it puts all that to bed. You called a signature win. I like that. You know, the other thing I just kind of hit on, too, is like the draft pick position is important. I mean, everybody that wants to just always win, always do this, like – I, I know there's some people out there that take the stream. I love the NFL draft, but I feel like I can find great players in those first couple premier rounds. But when I'm going from second down to sixth, yeah, that, that's probably going to matter if I really need a targeted position or a premier quarterback, edge rush, or whatever it might be. Um, 
So I, I, I just think you do have to put a good amount of weight on that, especially once my, my argument for the last bunch of years here on the show has been like the minute you're, you're done and there's nothing to play for, like there's no reason to win. And I think that's almost valid for teams that are established, you know, but in this new regime, Dan Campbell struggling, you know, all the stuff going on. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit of an asterisk there of like it's a little bit different scenario, so I'm going to treat it a little bit different. But I also do feel like yeah, if you can't make the playoffs and you're you know one of the worst teams in the league, your next goal is to hold on to that top selection and make that count. It is, and I it's a tough argument. It really is because I can fall on either side of it depending on how I feel. I feel yeah. like, but I you know me, I'm a big draft guy, and I think draft position is important, but we've just seen it so many times where the Lions have drafted players and the players behind them who are selected are the ones who, you know, make huge impacts for the team right away and become pro bowlers and all pros. It's, it really comes down to if you have a good general manager, it shouldn't matter all that much. And the Lions aren't in a position right now where they have to have a certain position. There's certain positions that are definitely more valuable than others. But at the end of the day, the Lions, they just need talent anywhere, really. And if it's a elite safety, you know, that could still help out a lot, too, in the draft. So it's not to me this year is just looking at the draft board and how things are shaking out. It's not all that. I don't think it's such a big deal if the Lions are at two or three as opposed to one in this year's draft. What's your confidence on a one to 10 with Brad Holmes based on his draft last year and a couple of the moves he's made? Where where are you at on that scale with him right now? It's still pretty high. I mean, he took a chance and just, I don't like everyone's going to criticize his receiver moves, but those are cheap receivers. I mean, those guys didn't cost anything. They were, bottom of the barrel type of players that he was just given an opportunity to, and they didn't work out, but he's found a couple other receivers that have been able to step up. And that's um, looking at his draft picks. I think overall the Sewell pick was a great pick. Um, Onzerike is still kind of, you know, coming along. Uh, Ali McNeil, same thing as a nose tackle. He isn't seeing the field a ton, but he's made some plays here and there. Uh, if he has had his own share of injury issues and he's been on St. Brown is looking like a good pick. <laughs> he, he's been a little, if you Logan, I got to circle back to the question one to 10 scale where yet. Oh, I forgot. There's a one to 10 scale. <laughs> I'm probably at a, you know, first year I, I like the direction he's gone. So I'm still going to say I'll go seven and a half. Uh, Cause it's, <laughs> it's close. Um, <laughs> but I, I do like the direction. I think what he's doing and kind of how he built the roster in year one of a rebuild, I think he did it the right way. So uh, as far as personnel selection, um, I think it's going to, the true test will be this off season when he has some money to work with in free agency. If he cuts some players that probably aren't living up to their paycheck and he already did that last year. And that's why the Lions have a ton of dead cap this year. Um, just everything he's done, I, I've really agreed with for the most part. Uh, Jared Goff might have been the biggest question mark I had when he, uh, you know, it seemed like he committed to him when he gave Goff that uh, restructure of the contract. So, but it's not going to be all that big of a deal. Uh, I think the cut Goff after 2022, it just adds a little bit more dead cap after that, if that were to be the case. But uh, so, yeah, long winded answer. Uh, 
I'll go seven and a half. <laughs> Just sitting over here listening to you, man. I uh, you ran down the every draft pick we got. You went through his all of his personnel <laughs> moves, and then you gave me a seven and a hook for the answer. Like that, if that's not Logan Lamrandier here on the show, I don't know what is. <laughs> Unbelievable <laughs> stuff, man. But uh, let let's let's end it with this. Like my thought, at least. And you hit on a little bit earlier. Losing on purpose is just something that players and coaches don't do. They don't think about it. It doesn't even come into the equation. So fans and people can talk about it all day. When you strap it up, when you're in that locker room, when Dan Campbell looks at these men in the eyes, man, they're trying to go beat the team in front of them at any means necessary, and especially in this type of way where they come out and dominate from start to finish, 130-8 against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. So Dan freaking Campbell, this was a great win, a great um, one they had to have. They're not thinking about draft picks. They don't care about next year right now. They care about right now. So I thought it was great. That's I still think the draft is ultra important, but where they're at as a franchise, the fact they need to win, I was totally on board with this uh, from the get-go. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. I, I don't have any complaints right now. And just like I said earlier, it's going to be this off season will be a key indicator of just what type of GM we have in Brad Holmes, because I think he's going to have, you know, obviously for two first round draft picks and have a little bit more mobility in the free agent market, which we'll see if we can find kind of some guys who come in at a bargain and maybe outplay their contracts. I'm over here trying to look for the Herm Edwards drop. You play to win the games. Hello? (laughs) But I can't find it, so that was the best I could do on the fly. But um, like you say, Logan, let's go ahead and close this one up. Uh, Really appreciate you coming on the show. Lions whooped the Cardinals. Kyler Murray with that dumb look on his face. Lions players that were on the street working at the bowling alley coming up big to make plays. Your favorite rookie and mine, Amon Ross St. Brown doing big things. And uh, we will see what happens moving forward with this team. But it sure was fun to watch, man. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Good times as always. Of course, yeah. Great time. Looking forward to Friday. Everybody, catch us Friday for the DKC Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Christmas. We'll catch you then right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in.